of what the uh, chairperson is going through. And uh, as a result of uh, the condition in which uh, he is going through, uh, he uh, did uh, uh, engage me uh, in terms of uh, coming to his rescue while he is recuperating from uh, from the uh, uh, COVID-19 and, uh, on, on behalf of the team, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, wish him a speedy recovery uh, and uh, probably uh, 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 to, to, to uh, uh, Grace, just in terms of uh, the apologies that you have received. Good, good afternoon, honorable members and colleagues. We have received one apology so far from Ms. Matevula. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Grace. Uh, that is the apology that we have. Uh, I've seen uh, Honorable Ching, Pratisef, I've seen uh, Honorable Boshoff, I've seen uh, Honorable Mamarukhan, I've seen Honorable Dango, I've seen Honorable uh, Mushodi. Okay. I think Honorable Mushodi was the first uh, to log in. And uh, we did uh, indeed uh, want to, 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 to commend uh, the, the presence of the members. Okay. Uh, the only one we just gave to... Uh, is guidance from uh, from from, from uh, Honourable uh, Tango. Do you have any engagement with uh, Honourable uh, Hai? Honourable Tango. Honourable Tim. Uh, Chair, I just wanted to note the apology of Honourable Lont. He did advise that he oh, submitted the apology, but, but Mary didn't get to you. Uh, Honourable Lont did submit an apology. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank Take this opportunity to welcome uh, the, the 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 Department of Trade and uh, Competition, uh, and uh, as the uh, standing chair for the Select Committee on Trade and Industry, uh, Economic Development, Small Business, Tourism, Employment, and Labour, we were briefed that uh, the thrust of today's presentation uh, will be centered around. Uh, the presentation on the uh, South Africa-UK trade relations and SACOM-UK-EPA, which is the Economic Partnership Agreement, and also the overview of the SA-US trade relations in uh, Goa. Uh, I think uh, probably just before we give over to the, to, to, to the leadership of the department, just to give us uh, an opening remarks and also uh, uh, the context within which the presentation will be made. 
just to record that uh, uh, in addition to the members that we have that I've alluded to, uh, we'll be, we'll, we also have uh, uh, the committee secretary, uh, uh, Nizulu. we also have the, the content advisor, Bekumo. we also have uh, the researcher, that uh, is <clears throat> Bele. Uh, and uh, let me give over uh, uh, while appreciating also the presence of the of the uh, media team from the province, in from, from, from parliament, uh, and also uh, those that are watching from home, give over to 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 the to the uh, team that is leading uh, the department. I suspect it to be Ambassador uh, Karim. Uh, just to introduce the team that uh, is worth over to you, uh, Ambassador Karim. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Um, good afternoon to you and to all the honorable members. Uh, I'm in the, um, I'm making the presentation today. We have a couple of colleagues uh, with us um, from the department uh, to provide some support. Elizabeth van Rienen and Nikki uh, Kruger um uh, uh on the platform together with me uh I, I think we just need to arrange for the um presentation to be loaded and i can proceed i, I see i see that you also have solo fellow oh yes of course Thank she's you, in Anna. parliament um every day so i uh, she's also part of our team Mm -hmm. uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Um, as you indicated, uh, our brief today was to provide an update on the SACU, uh, Southern African Customs Union that includes South Africa, plus Mozambique uh, Economic Partnership Agreement with the UK. We'll provide an update on that. Uh, and we've also been asked to provide an update on South Africa-US uh, trade relations, just an update of where things are standing and what to expect. Um, the first, the slide before the one that is up is just my details. This one is the acronyms that are used in the presentation um, for, for the members' uh, information. Uh, those are the two areas that we would cover today. Maybe, Ambassador Karim, you can you can switch off your video now so that uh, we, uh, sure. we improve the we improve the communication. Happy to do Thanks. that, uh, Chairman. If we could move on, uh, start with the. Thank uh, Chairperson for allowing me in and trying that. Okay. Um, the uh, the first part of the presentation it will cover South Africa UK relations and the economic partnership agreement that we've just uh, negotiated and concluded last year uh, with the UK. Uh, it's important to recall that the UK is a very important trading partner to South Africa. It's our fifth largest trading partner partner in, in the world, uh, with total trade um, of uh, around. 110 billion rand in 2019. And uh, this has grown from uh, 73 billion in 2014. So you see a, a steady increase in our bilateral, overall bilateral trade 
uh, with the UK, and that includes exports and imports. For South African exports, uh, our our exports were around 68.1 billion in um, 2019, and that's been uh, seen an average increase of 12.6% since 2014. Our main exports to the UK uh, include platinum, motor vehicles, citrus, and other uh, fresh fruit, catalytic converters, and iron ore. And those are the main exports, but it is not the full list of products that we export uh, to, the, to the UK. Similarly, uh, imports from the UK um, have also increased uh, an average of 3.1% since 2014 now amounting to about 41.3 billion uh, rand worth of imports from the UK. And the main imports are printed materials, machinery, computer equipment, vehicles, whiskies, electric equipment, including sound and visual equipment. And these categories are the categories that are set out in our tariff, uh, tariff book. So that's how they are uh, classified. The trade between South Africa and the UK historically has been part of the UK, as the UK is part of the EU, our trade with the UK has been conducted under the terms of the SADC EU Economic Partnership Agreement that, had been in, that has been enforced since October 2016. Um, it's important to note that South Africa doesn't negotiate arrangements on its own. Uh, we are members of the Southern African Customs Union, and because we have a common external tariff, that is the same tariff arrangement for all the members of the of SACU, including Botswana, Eswatini, Lesotho, Namibia, um, and of course South Africa. Uh, for the purposes of uh, the negotiations between us and the EU, the EPA agreement that had been the frame within which uh, South Africa had conducted, conducts its relations with the, with the UK. Um, that arrangement, that SADC EU IPA arrangement, includes not only SACU, but it also has Mozambique, and that is on the one side with the EU uh, on the other. Going back in a, a little bit of history, um, the SADC EU IPA um, that we mentioned has been enforced since October 2016 replaced a previous agreement that we had, a bilateral agreement that we had with the EU, between South Africa and the EU, uh, and which was concluded in 1999, the Trade Development and Cooperation Agreement. So that, is, that agreement from 1999 was replaced by the SADC EU EPA with the other, now including the other SACO members and uh, Mozambique. Can we move on? And then honorable members will recall that in March 2017, the UK formally notified its intention to leave the EU. And in terms of the agreement that they uh, established with the, with the EU uh, at, at, uh, soon after, um, the idea was that the UK would leave um, had, would leave the EU on the 31st of January 2020 through the so-called withdrawal agreement. And that withdrawal agreement stipulates that EU trade agreements with other parties, such as with us, 
will continue to apply until the 1st of January next year. So it has a transitional uh, arrangement where the old agreements uh, would continue, continue to apply to the UK for a period of uh, one year. But almost immediately after we received in the information that the UK was going to, was going to leave the EU, SACU, uh, Mozambique got together with the UK and we agreed to negotiate, uh, uh, to initiate negotiations for an agreement that would essentially be between us and the UK, but would carry over the essential terms of the SADC, uh, the EU SADC IPA into a new uh, bilateral agreement between us. Those negotiations uh, went on for a couple of years. Um, and in October last year, members, uh, honorable members made a call. Uh, those negotiations were concluded and those uh, that the agreement, um, South Africa has ratified, uh, ratified the agreement last year in December. Uh, and the effect of this essentially has been to ensure that the trade between the Southern African Customs Union that includes South Africa plus Mozambique and the UK continues uninterrupted when the UK leaves the EU as we expect at the end of this year. I mentioned that the terms of the SADC EU Economic Partnership Agreement have largely been transferred and transposed into the new agreement that we have with the UK. But there were some very specific aspects of the agreement that needed uh, particular attention. And I'll explain these in a little bit more detail uh, uh, in the next slides. Uh, but these covered specific attention was required on how we address tariff rate quotas, how we deal with inputs that come from the EU that are included in products that we export uh, between the UK and SACU and Mozambique, how those would be treated. Uh, there were some transitional arrangements that were needed to ensure that we properly transit from the current agreement the, with, uh, uh, under the EU to the new agreement. There were some specific um, aspects of ge for geographic indications, the protection of names uh, that we provide to our products. And there was a specific discussion that we had with the UK about future work that we would need to undertake um, once the agreement comes into force. Now, just to explain, these are, these are some technical aspects of the negotiation, but they're quite important to ensure that uh, the trade continues in a way that is uninterrupted. Um, and the first uh, point is with respect to the TRQs. Now, a TRQ is a, is, is, is a tool that we use in trade uh, agreements, which allows the parties preferential access, but for a limited amount of products. So you, we would say certain tonnage of um, sugar or wheat or whatever the case may be, would enter into one or another a country at a reduced tariff level. If that, um, if that, quantity is exceeded, then the higher tariff uh, that applies to everyone in the world uh, would then apply. So the, the, the tariff preferences 
are conditioned by uh, a quantitative limitation. Under the EU SADC EPA, the UK shares TRQs with other EU members on eight on exports from SAPU, sorry, of exports to SAPU on eight agricultural products. What that means is that for eight agricultural products, imports from the EU have a, um, an overall quantity limitation. And so we needed to make sure that, that for the UK, that their portion of those imports could continue. Similarly, in the, in the reverse, for South Africa, we have 13 uh, tariff rate quotas in, on our exports to the EU. Uh, and these are in agricultural products. Um, uh, and what we needed to make sure is that when we continue to export to the UK, uh, the portion that we were exporting to them under the previous agreement would be carried over into the, the new agreement. So it's a TRQs now specifically designed to accommodate the trade on those products between the two partners. And how we, how we defined the, the how, how much quantity we provided was based on uh, the historical trade that we have um, with uh, the UK. And for us, the critical issues, the critical products were wine, sugar, canned fruit, fruit and fruit juices, but there are uh, a, a number of others, um, less significant in, 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 in the sense of the quantity that we export uh, to the UK. Uh, the other important point to bear in mind is that these quantities um, increase at an annual basis um, by a small percentage. The second uh, important point to, to bear in mind is that <coughs> in our trade uh, between the UK and the EU, and it works on, 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 on both sides, many of the products that we trade with each other have inputs into that product that are sourced from the EU. Uh, so, the e, so the UK, for instance, in, in some of the, the cars that it would send to South Africa and vice versa, cars that South Africa would send to the EU may have uh, components that are sourced from the EU. And we wanted to make sure that that uh, would continue to be the case, even if the UK leaves the, uh, the EU. So we have a provision, a very specific provision that allows products sourced from the EU into our production processes they would continue to benefit from the from the, 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 the trade preferences between us under this new agreement. Um, and that means that they would they would meet the, the so-called rules of origin. Um, and what this does is that it ensures that the, the, the highly integrated value chains that operate between the EU, South Africa and the UK, particularly in automobiles, but in some other products as well, that those value chains continue to operate in an unimpeded uh, way. Uh, this provision that we have in place will be applicable for three years. Uh, it's, we're also hoping that the UK and the EU can come to a final agreement that will settle all of this um, and consolidate it. But in any case, this will operate in our agreement with the UK for three years. And after the three year pro, uh, time period, we can 
uh, agree to extend it if we need or adjust it if we think uh, necessary. But that's something that we will consider in three years' time after the agreement enters into force. I mentioned that we also had to have some transitional arrangements to ensure that certain actions and measures that were in the previous agreement are carried over into the this new agreement with the UK. Uh, and in particular, a big, uh, really a very important aspect of it is that we have had in place a safeguard against EU members, um, including uh, uh, the UK, a safeguard against imports of poultry. We saw um, a, a large surge in the imports of poultry from EU members uh, back in 2016, 2017, and we imposed a safeguard duty a couple of years ago. It still has two years to run or about a year and a half to run. And we wanted to make sure that in this new agreement with the UK, that that safeguard would continue to apply to products coming from uh, poultry products from the from the UK. And so that was a important uh, transitional measure that we needed to put into place. Uh, the UK will also follow the same safety and health regulations that we that is applied on agricultural trade uh, with the EU. They'll continue to apply those for for uh, for a period of time. Um, on customs matters, the, the the specific types of documentation that is needed uh, to facilitate trade. Um, and to facilitate uh, entry into the uh, into each other's markets, we'll continue to use the same uh, documentation that is used under the SADC EU EPA. So that allows for some continuity. And if there are changes in future, uh, we um, have a provision that uh, indicates that the UK should provide us sufficient time um, uh, to adjust to those new regulations and particularly documentation uh, requirements. We also spent some time with the, in the discussions with the UK uh, agreeing to some elements of a what we call a built-in agenda. These are issues that we hoped to resolve in the, in the negotiations, but we did not. Uh, and uh, so we've identified a number of important elements that we would uh, take up in uh, in in future in a future engagement with with the UK. Uh, we have this uh, what we call DFQF. It's basically full market access, or to increase the number of TRQs on agricultural products into the UK. So we want to come back to that um, discussion of how we could continue to improve our agricultural access to the UK market. I mentioned the accumulation provisions with the EU uh, in our bilateral trade. We want to extend that to allow uh, Botswana, Eswatini, Lesotho, Namibia, and Mozambique to also accumulate with South African products for export uh, to the uh, to the e, to, to, to the UK. Um, so this was a, 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 a provision that we had tried to get in to the agreement um, when we concluded it. Uh, we were not successful, but we want to come back uh, to this uh, in the future engagement. 
Um, we also want to deal with uh, small cars that we've seen an, uh, a rapid inflow imports of cars with, with small engine capacities. Uh, we want to review the tariff treatment on that. We want to talk to the UK about export taxes in future. And we want to improve our cooperation on technical barriers to trade, that's TBTs, which have to do with technical standards, how we conform to those um, technical standards and the procedures around that. So there's a work program that we're looking to develop with the UK uh, in that respect. I'd mentioned that uh, the South African Parliament ratified the, uh, the what we're calling now the SACU-M UK Economic Partnership Agreement. Uh, it was ratified in December last year. Uh, fairly quickly, we did it fairly quickly because we wanted to make sure that we were uh, ready uh, if there were any uh, new changes in, uh, in, in, in the whole process around uh, Brexit. Uh, we understand that the UK has ratified the agreement. Botswana, Lesotho have also ratified. We were advised just last week that Eswatini and Namibia uh, at a fairly advanced state of uh, ratification in their parliaments. Um, and so we think that we'll all be ready to have the agreement uh, enter into force on the 1st of uh, January. Uh, the one step that is going to be needed is that once uh, parliaments ratify, there is an instrument of ratification, a, a legal document that needs to be um, uh, prepared, uh, usually by the departments of foreign affairs. And those have to be deposited at the SACU Secretariat in Vintuk by the 30th of November, um, because the agreement says you need to give it a month, you need to submit it a month before uh, it comes into force. So we have to do it by the 30th of November, uh, so that the agreement is fully in force on the 1st of January when the UK leaves uh, the EU. So that's the first uh, part of the presentation, uh, honorable members, uh, chairman. Um, I'm going straight into the second uh, part of our presentation. And this is to look at how South Africa's trade uh, relations have evolved with the US. Um, and um, and what what we need to consider and how to how we should be beginning to think about the future. Um, one point I should state right up front is, of course, the U.S. remains a very important trading partner uh, to South Africa. It still remains uh, our third uh, largest uh, trading partner. Um, and I'll get back to how the figures have. Um, uh, evolved uh, in terms of the trade in, 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 in the slide that's uh, still coming up. But just to say that South African exports enter the U.S. under three different trading regimes, three different arrangements. Uh, they enter many of our products, the bulk of our products enter the U.S. market on the basis of what we call most favored nation tariff rates. These are the rates, the specific levels of tariffs that must be paid uh, when you enter into the US market. And those are applied uh, to all WTO members um, in an even, evenly. There are another range of products, 4,650 4, products 
that enter the U.S. market under what they call the GSP or the general generalized system of preferences. And that is at a preferential rate, at a much lower rate than what other WTO members would need to pay. Um, and uh, that prefer those preferences are extended to most developing countries uh, around, uh, around the world. South Africa benefits from that, uh, that preferential access as well. In addition, there are another 1,835 products that are included in the African Growth and Opportunity Act. And that gives additional, uh, gives a preferential uh, access on additional, on those additional products, but just for sub-Saharan African countries. So it, it adds to the GSP, um, uh, another 1,835 products. So uh, around uh, five, 6,000, a little bit more than 6,000 products uh, South Africa can access the U.S. market at a at a preferential uh, level. In most cases, it's at a zero uh, duty. Um, the way the system works is that you need to have qualified for the GSP to qualify for AGOA. And one of the advantages of AGOA is that it the benefits are locked in for extended periods of time, whereas the GSP as annual uh, reviews that can be, that where adjustments can be made. So AGOA has the benefit of, have, has had in past the benefit that uh, the, the preferences are locked in for an extended uh, period of time. Uh, AGOA was established in 2000. Uh, it has been renewed twice. Uh, the first period ran until 2008 and was extended until 2020, 2015. Um, and in 2015, it was extended again and will last until 2025. The advantage of this extended periods under GOA is, uh, was essentially aimed to foster greater certainty in the market access that we have to the US, uh, to the US market. And the idea was that by giving these extended periods, encouraging, uh, enhancing uh, certainty, there would be uh, greater investment in sub-Saharan Africa for the production of goods to access the US uh, market. Now, while we say that, we also need to, to bear in mind that both of those arrangements, the GSP and AGOA, um, have a range of eligibility requirements um, and both have of those eligibility uh, and, and those eligibility requirements give considerable discretion to the US government um, to remove countries if they feel that you haven't met one or another of the cri uh, of the criteria. And over the last uh, period of um, since the since both the GSP and the uh, and their go have been enforced. There have been occasions when countries have uh, been removed uh, from the preferences um, based on concerns that the US government would have about uh, whether or not they're meeting the eligibility requirement. So on the one hand, there's this degree of, of, of certainty that it provides, but there is this question of discretion in, in eligibility that needs to be taken into account. Now, coming to our trade uh, flows uh, more directly, um, 
We basically have set out here the trend of our trade over in the next two slides, our trend in trade with the US over the last 20 years or so. Um, and what we saw is in the period from 2001 to about 2011, overall trade between South Africa and the US grew significantly, more than doubled uh, from 7.3 billion US dollars in 2001 it peaked in 2011 at, uh, at around 16.3 billion US dollars. Since then, we've seen a decline in the trade since 2011. And last year, uh, we recorded a, a, a total trade in the region of 12.3 billion US dollars. If you break it down uh, by exports and imports, you'll see that South African exports to the US increased from around $4.3 billion in 2001. That was how much we exported in 2001. Uh, it more than doubled over uh, up until two, by 2008, uh, which was the peak, uh, about 10 billion US dollars of exports at that time. And you recall that this was during, this is when the, we had the onset of the global financial crisis. Um, and since then we've seen uh, our exports decline again now down to 7.6 billion in 2019. 7.6 billion US dollars in 2019. Uh, South African imports from the US, similar story, increasing from 2.8 billion in 2001 to 7.1 billion in 2012, uh, but then declining to 4.6 billion in 2019. If we break it down and look at the uh, on a year-to-year -year basis, most years South Africa runs a trade surplus, a small trade surplus with the U.S. Sometimes that has to do with um, uh, the exchange rates, uh, changes in the exchange rates. But the, the the common factor in all of this is that South Africa's exports of commodities, platinum, diamonds, and gold, still take up a very large part of the uh, the, bi the bilateral trade, and that tends to be quite uh, that, that tends to be stable and quite significant. The great advantages of the GSP and AGOA for South Africa has been the preferential access that it gives that that those preferences give to our exports of higher value added manufactured products. So our industrial products, not, not commodities. Um, and if you break it down, um, you'll see that under the GSP, our exports include chemicals, iron and steel, which is some value added, precious stones, some value added, metals, machinery, plastics, and auto components. So those are the, th those take up the bulk of our exports under the GSP. The products under Goa include even higher value added, uh, uh, have included even higher value added products uh, and mainly autos, completely built up cars, uh, iron and steel, fruit and nuts, organic chemicals, beverages and spirits. Um, and so that the, the great advantage of, uh, as I said, a GSP and Goa is that it helps to support our industrial uh, development, our industrial production and exports. Um, and if we look at the shares of our products uh, under the different arrangements, under the MFN, the GSP and AGOA, 
we see that under the GSP and AGOA, there, there was a greater share of exports under those regimes. Um, whereas in, 20, in, in 2001, uh, preferential, those products under these uh, products would, would, would have been, our exports would have increased from just 20% of these value added products to over 44% in 2014. Um, so a much greater share of our total exports were in value added products, but that has fallen, that fallen back to 26% in 2019. Under the GSP, our exports uh, increased from 11.4% in 2001 to 17% in 2005, but then fell, which was the peak in 2005, but then declined to 10% in 2019. Similarly, the share of our exports under AGOA, excluding the GSP, increased from just 9.4% in 2001 to 31% in 2013, but then it has declined to 16% in 2019. I mentioned that our uh, exports of minerals and um, uh, is the mainstay of our, ex uh, our, product, our production and export of minerals uh, is the mainstay of our bilateral trade and bilateral exports to the US. And those have always gone into the US under the most favored nation uh, arrangement, and they continue to contribute the largest share of South Africa's exports uh, to the US. In, 20, in 2001, those exports accounted for 79% of all our exports. Uh, as a percentage of total exports, it declined to 56.56% in 2013, but have started to, re to rebound again. And now those MFN exports account for about 74 uh, percent of our total exports in, 20, uh, in 2019. So what this all says, um, if it's just to try to summarize very briefly, is that while AGOA and the GSP made a big impact on seeing our exports of value-added products in the first half of the, uh, the last two decades, the first 10 years of the last two decades, what we're seeing is that um, those value-added products are being reduced and a greater share of our total exports to the U.S., again, are, are, are commodities. So we're seeing a, a decline in the value of the U.S. market for South Africa's value-added manufactured uh, products. Of course, this is in aggregate terms. In certain products, it would, it would vary, but in aggregate terms, this is the picture that, that, that begins to emerge. Uh, I think it's also important to note that overall, um, the U.S. as a share, uh, well, the U.S. ranking in our total global trade um, has declined. Um, they used to be in 2010, they, the U.S. would account for 8.7% of our total trade globally. Uh, it's now in the region of about 6.9%. That was in 2019, sorry, 2019. Uh, what explains uh, these changes? I think in general, um, the decline in, uh, in the conditions in the US market is due to um, very weak, uh, generally weak trading conditions globally. 
Um, and we've also seen the demand and the growth in the US economy, in the real economy, in the manufacturing economy uh, has been sub subdued ever since the financial crisis in 2008. It's never re returned to those types of, uh, those levels of performance. Um, in addition, we've also seen a significant shift in the US import policy stance. Uh, this administration, and to some extent, this began even at the, in the previous administration, uh, much greater focus on trying to support uh, US manufacturing. Um, and this has become particularly pronounced under the current administration's America First uh, policies. And these policies that have been implemented have affected South Africa in quite specific ways. Uh, members will recall that in March 2018, the US imposed um, tariffs of 10% and 25% on aluminum and steel imports from WTO members, um, except all WTO members except six, uh, but we were affected and that saw a South Africa steel exports to the US decline by 33% between um, 2017 and 2018. Um, we say that these are WTO inconsistent tariffs because certainly in the case of steel, they were above the, the rates that the US had, had committed to uh, not to exceed in, um, in, in, in trade with WTO partners, but uh, it overshot that. <coughs> in 2018, um, the Department of Commerce in the US initiated an investigation into whether or not they should uh, increase tariffs in auto uh, for for auto for auto uh, imports, and what that did it didn't only affect South Africa but many many other countries. Um, it generated uncertainty as to whether our exports would continue to be um, given the uh, preferential tariffs that we enjoy under AGOA. Um, but even before the investigation was completed, and it, the investigation is still ongoing, it's not completed yet, um, companies, firms uh, around the world began to rethink their sourcing decisions. They began to rethink how they would supply the US markets with, uh, <clears throat> with products. And the effect of that was that um, we saw South African uh, auto exports to the US that were worth about 1.2 billion in 2017 uh, fall by 51% in just one year. So essentially the companies that were exporting to the US from South Africa decided to supply the US markets, the US market from plants within the US that had been established uh, there. <clears throat> in uh, June, 2020, so just a few months ago, um, a similar uh, announcement uh, of an investigation into vanadium imports uh, was uh, was announced in the US. And so we are uh, concerned currently um, that uh, that uh, our exports of vanadium, which are also not which are also significant, may also be at risk. Uh, in addition to this, we've also seen from time to time, uh, the risk of being removed from the preference schemes. And usually there's a concern from uh, a company in the US or some uh, state Congress 
person, uh, a person, in, a, a congressperson who have raised a particular problem about South Africa's uh, trade policy. And whenever that happens, there is a review of South Africa's eligibility or questions raised about South Africa's eligibility. And we've seen uh, some instances of, of this over the last few years. Uh, in 2015, at the time that the last, uh, at, at, at the extension, the last extension of the AGOA legislation, uh, there was a provision that was introduced um, and in basically it's been called an out-of-cycle review of South Africa's AGOA eligibility. And essentially what that uh, did was that there was a real concern um, that we would be removed from AGOA uh, and to try to avoid that, and I'm sure uh, many of the honorable members will recall this, uh, we had to enter into negotiations with the with with the U.S. Um, again with respect to poultry imports, um, and in those negotiations we uh, offered the U.S. an annual quota of 65,000 tons for poultry um, that had been previously subject to W to anti-dumping uh, 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 duties, and this was to avoid um, being uh, removed from AGOA. Uh, members may also be uh, may may also recall that last year in October, the United States Trade Representative agreed to initiate a review of South Africa's GSP elig eligibility, because there were some concerns from U.S. firms that had argued South Africa's copyright amendment bill undermined their commercial interests. So again, we had to go through a review um, of uh, under the GSP. Um, with the risk, attendant risk, that we would be removed from, uh, the, from, from the GSP. Uh, we engaged with the U.S., and of course, we all know that the president uh, on the 16th of June uh, decided to return those bills to parliament, um, the copyright bill to parliament, uh, because there were some constitutional concerns. And so that has uh, effectively delayed any decision by the U.S., um, on this matter uh, at, at this time. But I think the main message I'm, I'm, I'm communicating here is all of these things tend to have a dampening effect on our exports and trade. Exporters get very nervous when they hear about these reviews and quite often they start to make um, adjustments uh, to their export strategy and to their sourcing strategies and that has, uh, that has implications. I had indicated that AGOA, uh, the last extension of AGOA was in 2015. It was extended for 10 years and it will expire in 2025, uh, in, a, in about five years from now. Um, the, we had a meeting, an annual uh, meeting um, of uh, AGOA uh, with the US and those African countries Sub-Saharan African countries that benefit from AGOA. We had a meeting with the U.S. last year, and at that meeting, the U.S. indicated that after 2025, it did not intend to extend AGOA. It did give some signal that if it was going to be extended, it would not be in the same way, and it would not include the same set of uh, countries. Um, and the message that we took away from that was that 
some of the larger uh, developing countries, such as South Africa, uh, is un uh, unlikely to be included in in uh, future Goa if if that if it is extended. Um, we're also aware that the GSP scheme itself is under review, and that could also give uh, make changes uh, to the way those preferences are offered, who they're offered to, the scope of the of the preferences. That could also be something that we would need to take into uh, in, 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 into account. Um, so again, I think the point here is that these schemes are not uh, necessarily uh, bound and certain and changes can, can be expected specifically uh, in respect to AGOA. At that meeting um, last year that I, was, I mentioned, uh, the USTR also announced that it was taking a new approach, uh, trade policy approach to sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, it proposed that it wants to negotiate free trade agreements uh, and that it would it prefers free trade agreements in general, um, and that its proposal was to negotiate a free trade agreement with one African country, and that agreement would serve as a model for other bilateral uh, FTAs with other uh, African countries in future that showed that 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 were interested. Uh, they also indicated at that meeting um, that the recently concluded at that time the recently concluded U.S. Mexico, Canada free trade agreement would constitute the model for all FTAs in future. Now we have had some experience um, uh, with FTAs with the US uh, over a decade ago. Um, we started uh, as SACU. We had an attempt to negotiate an FTA with the US. Um, and so we have some experience from that. But we've also followed uh, fairly carefully uh, how the uh, US uh, FTAs have evolved uh, since then. And just to summarize, I would say that uh, US FTAs are, are comparatively demanding um, in terms of what they cover, in terms of how much market opening they, they, they demand. And the scope for flexibility is comparatively narrow. And I would, you could look at it in comparison, to, for example, to uh, the agreement that we have with the EU um, uh, on the EPA in terms of the coverage and the scope for flexibility. US FTAs require close to full tariff liberalization uh, for trade in industrial and agricultural goods. Um, Unfortunately, while they want full access to markets for agricultural goods, uh, there are no limits to the kind of support that uh, is provided uh, in agriculture. And we are aware that the US provides uh, enormous subsidies to their agricultural sector that gives them an unfair um, advantage in agricultural trade. Also um, have rules that limit government measures for preferential procurement, such as we have in South Africa, uh, measures that we would want to put in to promote localization, to encourage domestic industry. There are measures, there are provisions in the US uh, FTAs that limit that. Um, and at the same time, they seek access to government procurement markets. So uh, for procurement, we know in South Africa, we use our procurement policy to 
to support um, small businesses, to support uh, black economic empowerment, uh, to support uh, localization, and a range of uh, efforts to support local development, uh, we would have to open up those markets for uh, U.S. firms uh, as well, according to the template that the U.S. Uh, uses. In addition, there are requirements for extensive liberalization and deregulation uh, in trade-related sectors, such as uh, in finance, in services, in finance, in telecommunications, amongst others. And the US FTAs have very strong rules, stronger than in the WTO, uh, rules to protect uh, intellectual property uh, rights, uh, that also uh, in increasingly restrict policies to for technology transfer. And in more recent versions of the US uh, FTAs, there are very strong um, provisions on digital trade. Um, they, uh, the FTAs prohibit customs duties on electronic transmission. So if countries want to try to collect duties from goods traded electronically, they would be prohibited from doing that. Measures that you want to build up domestic capabilities um, uh, are prohibited. Uh, trying to limit um, any measures to, to, to encourage local content uh, is, is prohibited. But at the same time, there is a provision that would um, lock in free flow of data. So allow data to flow completely free without restriction under these uh, FTAs. So in sum, I want to, I, I think this is the last slide, um, and on this, just to say that South Africa needs to think, begin to think very carefully about our post-AGOA trade relations with the U.S. Um, it's five years away. Uh, five years can go relatively quickly, uh, so we need to start uh, thinking uh, about that now. Um, of course, we need to recall that uh, the U.S. is a very important trading partner. Um, we continue to benefit from AGOA and the GSP for the, uh, at, at, at present, and we should make the most of that. Uh, we also have to recognize that the US is an important source of investment and technology. And the final point that we thought important just to bring to the attention of the members is that we work continuously with the US government uh, and the embassy in South Africa to enhance our trade and investment flows and issues of concern uh, crop up on both sides. And so a lot of time is spent on trying to address uh, those. And I think, um, Chair, I've come to the end of the presentation, uh, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> there is one more. There's one more slide. Um, Chair, there was a uh, uh, an indication uh, that we received um, where the select committee, uh, of course, uh, representing uh, provinces, wanted to know uh, what does this all mean for the provinces. Um, and so we put together this slide just to outline the, the fact that we've been dealing basically with trade flows um, and looking at the increases and decreases in that over time. Um, and just to say that we use official trade data that is provided by the Southern, by South African Revenue Services. Uh, so all the figures that we have uh, are provided by uh, by SARS, 
and the trade data, the exports and imports are aggregated at a national level. So they don't give us information at a provincial level. We don't have that uh, information on, on hand. Uh, we engage, when we negotiate uh, agreements and when we engage on the, uh, when we deal with these issues, we also engage with NEDLAC and the Agricultural Trade Forum, where we speak to exporters. Um, but the information that we get from, from them is also at the national level. Uh, when you look at export data, uh, it covers 6,400, around 6,400 products. And those products can be sourced from across the country. It's not possible for us to know from which province they come with any degree of precision. And on the import side, the data is collected at ports of entry. It could be uh, Cape Town, it could be Durban, it could be PE, it could be uh, land borders. Um, but we don't have the, we don't collect information about what this, where, what is the final destination is within uh, South Africa. Of course, we know that certain provinces specialize in certain uh, exports. Um, this is just from sort of general knowledge. Uh, we meant we have this second last uh, bullet here saying some of the main production uh, of the different provinces in South Africa. But um, from the department side, we really do not have any access to precise data of production and export uh, at the provincial level. So I thought that's important to uh, make that, uh, those, make those few points uh, to the honorable uh, members. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Thanks for the attention. Thank you. Thank you, Ambassador uh, Karen, for the, for the, uh, presentation then man I think you're able to to run through uh, various uh, the key areas uh, of uh, the trade relations between uh, ourselves and UK and between ourselves and the United States but of course taking into account uh, the the economic partnership agreement uh, that involves uh, SACUM and also UK. Uh, the the uh, regime that is uh, governing uh, the trade relations between, between South Africa, uh, whether it is uh, under GSP, whether it's under Goa, uh, I think there is a clarity of thought around that. Uh, other members, I'll then uh, open the floor for engagement. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, <clears throat> the issues canvassed uh, from uh, uh, the Department of Trade and Competition on the, the, the trade relations between the country and also uh, those two uh, countries, UK and USA. Uh, let me just check in terms of... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Any 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 point thing that you want to raise? Honorable Dango. Honorable members. Is there 
Honorable members? Can, can you hear me? That there might be a technical reach. Uh, let's just check. I'm here. I'm okay. here. Oh, you can hear me. Yes. yes uh, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, upset. Is there any appointed one for us? Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Let me also welcome the presentation that you received right now. I've got only one question, Honorable Chair. I just want to, Ambassador, maybe just to give me the explanation of ke ahoa or ahoa. That is the only question that I have, Honorable Chair. Okay, Honorable Mashori. I think uh, uh, in terms of uh, that question, uh, I think it's African Growth and Opportunity Act. African Growth and Opportunity Act uh, is, the, is the act that governs uh, the, uh, relation, the trade relations between uh, between uh, developing countries and the and the United States. Uh, is, I think it's Agoa. Agoa, if I'm not mistaken, because it's, uh, like I said, it's the African Growth uh, and Opportunity Act. Honorable uh, Boshoff, is there any point that you want to raise? Uh, probably let me let, 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 let me let me probably from my side just uh, while uh, honorable members are still are still muted uh, pose a number of uh, questions from my side uh, there's, there's a slide that speaks to that speaks to I think it's uh, right at the right at the bottom uh, the uh, sometimes uh, the policy positions uh, of concern that uh, the, the United States will have with regard to, to some of the policies that would be that would be uh, advancing and uh, I know that I guess you have correctly pointed out that uh, among the the the, the uh, concerns that uh, that they had was with regard to the the copyright bill and uh, and this copyright bill amendment act is before is before is before the uh, before parliament and uh, uh, a number of uh, of engagements uh, has indeed taken place between between uh, the uh, portfolio committee and uh, the leadership of the department, yeah, which obviously I think uh, the, 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 there is a sense of uh, of appreciation now of, 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 of where we come from with regard to to this. Uh, but I'm more concerned about the concessions, the concession that we made uh, with regard to the 65,000 uh, poultry. Uh, is this concession only getting to to United States? Uh, what about other uh, uh, 
EU countries uh, that we are that we are uh, trading with, uh, the particularly with regard to UK in this instance, uh, uh, will they take uh, this matter further to say just like we have made a concession for the United States on the on the poultry? What about us? The, the second the second point relates to relates to uh, relates to the the, the, the fact that uh, there is an opportunity uh, within the uh, Africa Africa free trade uh, trade agreement, which uh, has the potential to become the the largest uh, free trade area. Uh, in the world, uh, and more so because it, uh, it, it, it will be uniting uh, uh, 1.3 billion people and uh, 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 uniting them in a 3.4 trillion economic block. Uh, to me, I think this is an opportunity that uh, as a country, uh, we must embrace it, take, it, take into account uh, some of this uh, a policy uncertainty sometimes uh, on the part of the U.S., uh, which obviously uh, uh, threatens our 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 commitment to 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 redress the imbalances of the past, uh, because uh, the issue of preferential procurement policy, uh, the issue of the uh, of the copyright amendment bill. It's, 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 it's dealing with the legacies of, uh, of, of, of the past, but of course, appreciating also the need to intervene on the part of, uh, of the, uh, the, the challenges that are faced by the, I want to believe, the beneficiary of the, of, of, of the artist who might have, because of failure on their part, to lock certain uh, uh, key points in their relation, probably with promoters, Died destitute, and therefore, as a country, we have a responsibility to deal with that. So, therefore, I think it is important to 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 also appreciate the fact that uh, this happens within a, a period where uh, the, uh, the the last election uh, result favored Trump. So, uh, we are looking forward to probably uh, within keen interest in terms of the outcome of the contest between. Between Biden and Trump, uh, <clears throat> what would be important uh, is, is, is uh, it's the decision that we take uh, as a country. Uh, clearly, uh, we stand to gain or lose, depending in terms of uh, who wins between uh, between 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 uh, Biden and Trump, because. Uh, uh, of, 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 of some of the, the the pressure that is put by by by, by the U.S. US government in terms of uh, 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 putting pressure on our part to stay away or to sort of uh, desist from uh, our, our, our progressive policies that are that are addressing the imbalances of the past. But uh, we we also take into account the probably maybe uh, what to. to there are sense in terms of what the opportunities would be there between between these two countries in terms of our trade relations 
within our broader attempt to to deal with the to deal with the to deal with the uh, uh, with the the economic recovery under our economic reconstruction and uh, and recovery plan. Uh, let's say Agoa 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 comes to an end in 2025. Uh, what is it that could be done to ensure that, like we did with the with the with the UK with the UK uh, leaving uh, EU to put in place measures to ensure that we mitigate the rippling effects and uh, ensure that uh, there's continuity in terms of our trade relations. Uh, but, but, but more than that, I think what will be critical also is uh, uh, how do we ensure how do we ensure that uh, uh, whatever happens uh, between uh, beyond uh, uh, 2025, uh, the our export market uh, must not uh, uh, be. Be, 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 be under threat uh, because I think what will be critical is for us to ensure that definitely there is a there is a process there is an attempt to to, to cushion and mitigate the damage that could uh, that could that, that, that could uh, follow from the uh, from, from, from the uh, Agoa coming to an end. Uh, the, the last point will be. Having uh, uh, having having having. Ratified uh, 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 economic partnership agreement between Sakum and 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 UK in in December. What has happened between between December and uh, and, 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 and 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 the and the emergence of the of of of, 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 of total shutdown uh, and uh, between total shutdown and now has there been any engagement? Uh, with regard to, to 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 or if you got a sense as to whether uh, is Boris Johnson still pursuing the issue of of of, of the UK living 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 uh, uh, EU and uh, uh, are there any lessons to learn uh, that we need to probably uh, take into account or other areas that we might not have uh, canvassed uh, uh, in the in the negotiations between between ourselves uh, as part of SACU and UK that probably might need to be revisited. Uh, let me just check with uh, Honorable Dango whether is there any point that Honorable Dango would want to raise? Yes, sir. The one area that I'm a bit concerned about is the uh, new trade agreements or new agreements that are being reached between Europe, Africa, and the, and the Caribbean. How does that impact upon what we're doing? And from my previous experience, uh, uh, Ambassador Karim, is that Europe will always dictate in which direction Africa should go or should not go. In, the, in that kind of thing, do you see any kind of problems that we may take forward there? Thank you, thank you, Honorable Tim. I get a sense that Honorable Tim is struggling. Uh, can we then, uh, uh, within that context, Honorable Mamarakhani, is there any point that you want to... Sorry, sorry, Chair. 
Okay. All right, Tim. Uh, Chair, no, I'm satisfied. I've I've no uh, no questions today, Chair. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Tim. Oh boy. Thank you. Another Romara Khan. Uh, can we then, uh, in the absence of any further engagement, uh, revert back to the ambassador? Over to you. Thank you very much, uh, Chair, um, and thank you for the questions. Uh, just to um, underscore what was said in the presentation that uh, uh, and that's responding to the first uh, question raised um, about AGOA. Uh, it is the African Growth and Opportunity Act, as you indicate. Uh, it is a US, it's US legislation. Um, so it is not something that we negotiate with the US. This is a, a piece of legislation that is um, established, created by the US Congress. And that provides, as I'd indicated, preferential access on 1,800 or so products um, coming from sub-Saharan African, uh, sub-Saharan African countries. So it provides us with a competitive advantage in the U.S. market as compared to other. Uh, countries that are exporting those same products to the uh, to the U.S. and so that is the value of it uh, to sub-Saharan Africa. And for sub-Saharan African countries, South Africa is one of the uh, is perhaps the the one country that has uh, taken advantage of those preferences um, more than many other countries, and that's because we have an economy that is more diversified. Um, uh, than uh, many, uh, most uh, other African uh, countries. So that's really the advantage of AGOA. Um, coming to the other questions that you raised, Chair, I'll try to answer it in the following way. Um, I indicated that, that AGOA and the GSP have uh, the pieces of legislation uh, by the US Congress they are they provide these preferences for the products as i've mentioned that give us an advantage over other competitors but they also have eligibility requirements so they set out that for you to benefit from these preferences you need to be um, a market economy you need to have democracy you need to have uh, good governance you need to protect intellectual property, you need to protect investment. Um, so it has a whole range of, of criteria uh, that, uh, that is established at, at, a, at, a, at various levels of detail. And the, if any member uh, of Congress or if the administration itself is concerned about a policy of one country, uh, that is getting that benefit, they can ask you for a uh, for to, 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 to provide clarification. 
They can invite you to, they will invite you to explain what is the measure. And if they find that the measure is, um, that they are, they, that they cannot agree with the measure, they have the, op the option of being able to remove that country from the, uh, from that program so that you would no longer get those, those um, that preferential uh, access. And what I was trying to uh, say um, was that we have encountered that um, first was in the at the time of the ex last extension of AGOA, where there were very serious concerns expressed by the U.S. or the U.S. expressed their concern that their their poultry exports to South Africa were being restricted by high anti-dumping uh, tariffs. And they then asked for some concession. And if we did not negotiate that, we had the chance, we had a, there was a big risk that we would not get the congressional support for South Africa's inclusion in under AGOA. And so it was in that context that we started the negotiation. And the 65%, uh, 65,000 tons that was offered was um, what was the, the final uh, deal that was agreed to. Um, so on the one hand, the US got this access. On the other hand, we continue to get, continue our preferential access to the US under Goa. So that is the, that was the, 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 the deal. Um, it is not um, a comparable uh, to uh, the arrangement that we have with the EU um, or with the UK. Um, because in those agree, because those our trade relations with both the UK and the EU are conducted under a different negotiated trade agreements between the two of us. Um, the economic partnership agreement with the with the with the EU, which up to today includes the UK, and after January next year, after January first next year, was separate agreement with the UK. Those are negotiated agreements, and so the commitments are on both sides. Uh, one side can't change it uh, automatically. So they could make a request that they would like to get preferential access, but because it's a negotiation, they would have to offer us something in return. So this type of agreement is very different to the arrangement that we have with the, with the US. With the US, it is a US act. With the EU and the UK, these are negotiated agreements. Um, the second part of your question was the opportunity of the AFCFTA, and of course, I think we all have um, uh, great expectations that the AFCFTA, we will conclude the negotiations and then this would come into force. Uh, the agreement, the AFCFTA agreement does not have uh, provisions uh, that would limit us on, with, uh, in, on procurement, <coughs> on localization or black economic empowerment in South Africa um, or support for small business uh, or support for small industries. Um, so none of that. Uh, so we're looking forward to the AFCFTA um, uh, being concluded and operationalized uh, hopefully by, by next year, uh, but certainly as soon as possible. Um, the question that you raise with AGOA uh, in that respect is a concern for us. 
uh, we would want to see the African um, uh, Union members participating in the AFCFTA focus in on negotiating a deal amongst ourselves that will be important for <laughs> Africa uh, and uh, not to be distracted by uh, negotiations with other third parties um, at this stage. Uh, and of course, this is our preference and many countries in Africa agree, but of course it's not possible to determine the decisions of sovereign uh, economies. And if any member decided that they would want to negotiate a bilateral agreement with the US, uh, they would have the, the right uh, to do so. Uh, the question uh, that um, I think the, the, the question that you raised in this context is post-AGOA, uh, what should we do to cushion and mitigate the, 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 um, the, the fact that we may lose market access there? And uh, this is why I think we're raising it early. We need to start to think very carefully about it. Uh, some obvious answers um, or things that we need to think about, uh, how we uh, encourage uh, we spend more time promoting exports to the U.S., um, finding buyers in the U.S. for South African products. So a much more strengthened and focused uh, export promotion uh, set of activities. Uh, another aspect of it is that where we are not able to get the access to the U.S., to what extent could those exports start to go to other markets, uh, including the EU market or the U.K. market or the African market. So maybe we have to divert some of those exports uh, to other uh, markets, but we have to look at all of the options to mitigate the effect of losing the preference in the, uh, the AGOA preferences in the UK uh, markets. Um, your fourth question was to do with whether or not uh, the lockdown has had any uh, bearing on the decision. Uh, this is how I understand, understood the question any bearing on the decision by the UK on whether or not it will leave the EU. Um, we, that we have no uh, information to suggest that there is a change uh, in heart from the UK. Uh, in fact, the media reports are that um, they are moving ahead with the plans to leave uh, by the 1st of January. Um, and there are intense negotiations which are very difficult at the moment between the UK and the EU about the trade arrangements that they will have in place. But that is also, the, the media reports are not very optimistic at the moment, but we know that there is uh, some engagement still on, on that. But all of that to say that it looks like the, it, it doesn't look like there's going to be any reversal of the decision to leave the, the EU at the end of the uh, end of this year. Um, and then I think um, the final question was about the role of the EU in and the ACP um, in, in this. I had not prepared anything. I mean, I think this is a discussion that has to do with what happens uh, between the ACP and the EU uh, when the current Cotonou uh, agreement runs out in a couple of years and what type of uh, arrangements are going to replace, uh, replace that. Um, this is still, these are still discussions that are ongoing, but what we can say from a South African point of view and from a Southern African point of view 
uh, is that we have an agreement already in place with the, with the EU on the trade side. Um, and so our agreement with the EU, uh, the Economic Partnership Agreement, continues to be the framework and will remain the framework for our trade relations with the, uh, with the, with the, uh, with the EU, uh, irrespective of what um, happens with the Cotonou. But of course, we participate in that process uh, as well. Uh, so I hope I've covered the, uh, the questions, uh, Chairman. Thank you. There's a question that was posed by Honorable Dango, I think so. Is it the one that you said you did not prepare anything on, on the Caribbean uh, uh, trade relations? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yes, it's the ACP. Yeah, it's about the ACP and the ACP post Cotonou negotiations, which is uh, um, which okay. we didn't prepare for for this meeting. All right, no, I think I think I think it does it does make sense. Uh, uh, I want to to check as well. Is there any follow-up questions from honourable members? Uh, in the absence of none, uh, then uh, uh, want to take this opportunity to express uh, on behalf of the on behalf of the committee uh, our appreciations to to the to the uh, brief uh, by the department that's led by the, by Mr. Karim. Uh, indeed, uh, it. Uh, uh, shed more light in terms of where we are with regard to to our trade relations uh, as, uh, as, 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 as as it is centered on the 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 uh, sa uh, us trade relations uh, but also uh, as part of sakum uk economic partnership agreement uh, the, the overview that was given uh, uh, in terms of uh, where we are, uh, taking into account uh, uh, different uh, 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 trade uh, uh, relations regime that governs that governs uh, that governs this trade relations, uh, whether it is on the UK side or whether it is on the on the US side and. Uh, uh, where we are with regard to uh, the possibilities in the future where uh, a certain uh, act on the part of the U.S. might uh, might be changed its impact in terms of uh, our, 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 our export and also import. But, but more, than that, more than that, I believe the, 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 the balance of trade between, between ourselves and, and those two countries uh, what 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 is more critical is uh, is the, the ability on our part to to ensure that uh, the decline uh, in terms of export in terms of imports is indeed uh, uh, arrested. But of course, we are mindful of uh, where we where where we are currently in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the, the the broader impact of uh, of COVID nineteen on the the global economy. Uh, and the fact that uh, it's only uh, this this month that we are beginning to open open, open our ourselves to the 
to the rest of the of, of, of the continent and also to the rest of the of the country. So we are in a much more better position to understand uh, where we where we come from in terms of the various products um, which constitute and uh, and form uh, both our basket of imports and also our basket of of, of export. So with uh, those few uh, words, let me uh, uh, express uh, again our gratitude to, to, to the team uh, of the department led by Ambassador Karim, uh, but also uh, the, 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 the uh, appreciation goes to the honorable members uh, for having uh, set aside uh, uh, time to, to be part of this meeting. I know that we have been engaged since, uh, since 10 o'clock with the uh, uh, Deputy Minister in the in the in the in the presidency, and together with the Statistician General Tatimalubeka. So it has been a long day to you, uh, but uh, uh, despite that, you you had an opportunity to again uh, display that high level of commitment uh, to be able to ensure that this meeting indeed uh, forms a quorum. Uh, the support given by. Uh, by the committee uh, 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 secretary, uh, uh, the content advisor, the researcher, uh, is highly appreciated. Uh, with those uh, few words, other members, we have indicated that we will not deal with the with the with the minutes. Uh, we'll deal with it uh, uh, two weeks from now when we come back from provincial week. And with those few words, the meeting stand adjourned. Thank you, other members. Now that we're offline, Chair, it's the first time I've heard Honorable Tim not ask the question. It's a long day, Honorable Dango, for us, and it gives the logic of the U.S. and what what must teach us. Don't take me now. Don't take me now. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We're going to teach us, Honorable Dango. Let's meet tomorrow. Let's meet tomorrow in the with Praza. Don't yeah. forget, brothers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> when? When? Ten o'clock. Is it ten o'clock? Uh, I think it's, it's uh, is it ten o'clock or nine o'clock? Let me just confirm. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. See you then, Chair. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'll see you in the in the building tomorrow then, Chairperson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you. Bye. Bye.